Thanks for tuning into the XL Legal Podcast, an interview-based podcast for lawyers devoted to practice excellence and wellness tips. I'm your host, Shelley Appleby-Ostroff, legal talent development consultant, writing coach, and former practicing lawyer, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Ida Abbott about mentoring and sponsorship. A leader in the fields of legal talent management and women's leadership development and a former trial lawyer, Ida has over 40 years of experience in the legal industry. In recognition of her lifetime contributions as a lawyer, thought leader, and advisor, Ida has been elected a fellow of both the American Bar Foundation and the College of Law Practice Management. Ida has also written several seminal books and resources, including The Lawyer's Guide to Mentoring, now in its second edition, Sponsoring Women, What Men Need to Know, and her most recent, Retirement by Design. Welcome to the XL Legal Podcast, Ida. Well, thank you, Shelley. It's nice to be here, or to be here virtually at least. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being here virtually. With the frenetic pace and time demands and competitive pressure of legal practice today, do you think that lawyers should still be making time for mentoring? Actually, I think they should be uh, making more time for mentoring now uh, because people need connections more than they did before. How would you define mentoring? Because I know I've talked to so many different people and read a number of uh, resources about mentoring, and I see so many different definitions. Mentoring is an ancient concept. There's nothing new about it at all. Uh, The term comes from Ulysses, from uh, the tale of Ulysses, when um, Odysseus goes off to fight the Trojan Wars and he leaves his son in the care of mentor, his trusted friend. And mentor's job is basically to teach, protect, advise, guide his young son. Mm -hmm. So the term comes from that because those are the principles that really are associated with the concept of mentoring. But mentoring uh, in the workplace does have some uh, specific dimensions to it that I think are important to remember. And so for our purposes, because I think most of your listeners are going to be thinking about mentoring in terms of careers and work uh, Mm -hmm. and and what happens to them uh, at work, is uh, basically a collaborative learning process that's based on a personal relationship. And I'll talk more about that if you like, because that's really the key to this. Mm-hmm. And in that relationship, one person helps another person to develop as a professional and to achieve career goals. And there are different aspects of mentoring we can talk about, but the idea behind mentoring and what makes it unique is that it is based on this relationship. It's personal. It's two people. It can be a larger group, but not a very large, not a very uh, large number of people in the group where people can learn from each other and guide and help each other. But typically it involves a relationship where the better I know you, the better I can help you, the better I can understand what your needs might be and how I can help you. And if I'm the mentor and you're the mentee, the better you know me, the better you know how I can help you and what kind of help to ask for. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that kind of knowledge and that kind of mutual commitment because relationships involve that. They involve both of us being engaged in, uh, in this process. Then uh, as, as that happens, the learning can, it can be richer and more profound and, uh, and it takes place more commonly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I imagine like most things in the, in the legal profession that mentoring has gone through a transformation uh in terms of well for me when i was in practice the type of mentoring i think is quite was quite different than the types of mentoring that i hear clients talking about today 
I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, what mentoring sort of was as you and I were uh, in practice and what it's becoming or how it's evolving today. Well, there are the basic fundamental principle that I just described about learning in a personal way. Uh, that really hasn't changed, but there are a number of things that are evolving, continuing to evolve. Uh, the first one is that when we started, and I probably, you know, worked, uh, was in the profession a few, several years before you, it was a long time ago when I started. You and uh, me both. <laughs> when, I mean, mentoring was totally informal. Mm -hmm. And usually there weren't very women involved. There weren't people of color who tended to be a lot of men, white men working together. And it was very easy for relationships to form because, you know, I could look at, at another, if I were a man, I could look at this young man and think, oh, I see that person. I see myself in him. I can mm -hmm. relate to him. Uh, we worked together very closely because firms were smaller and people interacted far more than they do today. <coughs> Excuse me. And so the relationships tended to form organically. Mm -hmm. You saw each other a lot. You interacted a lot. I knew how much I could trust you to do the work I asked you to do, whether you would perform, whether you were really, really insightful and took initiative, or whether, you know, I really didn't think you were going to go very far. So when I was, if I were a mentor making those decisions, uh, I would decide how much time and effort I was going to invest in your career, but I didn't do it consciously. I didn't, you know, call myself a mentor or anything like that. I was your boss. Mm -hmm. And so as we worked together, these things, uh, the relationship took place, the learning took place every day and informally. As firms grew larger and more diverse in really in the uh, early 90s is when it started late 80s, uh, early 90s, firms really didn't have, uh, associates didn't come in to have those kinds of experience. And it was much more difficult for people to have that kind of organic mentoring. So firms started mentoring programs. And the idea there uh, is, and it can, is still there today, that we want to make sure everybody, every associate who comes in, at least has an opportunity to work with a mentor. Mm -hmm. And somebody who is, is assigned to you will then have the responsibility for helping you inculcate the values of being a professional, the values of the firm, the kinds of things you need to know to become a good lawyer. And so, uh, firm started those programs and you know the early programs basically and I should say you shouldn't limit it to early programs there are still way too many mentoring programs that basically consist of Shelly welcome to the firm Ida's your mentor go have lunch and mentor <laughs> <laughs> right and what does that mean as you pointed out people have different views of what it means um, how do you even start what do you talk about and then when you'd meet, the conversation would be something like, so how's it going? And you'd say, fine. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it, 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 there was really not a lot of guidance about what should happen. Mm -hmm. But the intent was good. And uh, firms eventually did start, and many, many firms now do have some guidelines and um, some explanations, some expectations for what the mentor and mentee are going to do. And so, uh, you know, that's been great in the sense, in one sense, in that it has given every young lawyer in a firm that has that kind of program a point of connection. Somebody who, if they aren't going to become the kind of all-purpose mentor that happens organically or used to happen in the early early days that I was talking about. Uh, at least you had somebody uh, that you could who, who, to whom you could talk and raise some issues and at least give it a shot. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd get started and hopefully from that 
you would le learn how to find other mentors, informal ones or, or uh, more formal ones. And so um, that was great. The unintended consequence of that is that many people in programs uh, or in firms that had programs came to think of mentoring that happens only mm -hmm. in programs and they follow checklists of things that they ought to be doing, but they don't really get to the core relationship that I was talking about where they uh, where a mentor can actually have a transformative effect on someone when they know what is needed and how to help them to become successful, uh, the successful lawyers they want to be. Mm -hmm. And how can well, both the mentor and the mentee try to help that process? You mentioned some guidelines, that some firms have guidelines within their, their formal programs, but what can mentors and mentees do um, to create a successful relationship? Or maybe we should start with what are the ingredients of a successful mentoring relationship? Okay, and, and uh, some of those ingredients uh, are things like interest in each other, taking an interest. If we're really not interested in each other, it's very hard to maintain a relationship. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we're going to become best friends. That's not what I'm talking about. This is a professional relationship. It's about learning and uh, professional growth and development. So, you know, having at least an interest, a curiosity about each other, uh, exploring that to see where do we have something in common that would make it easier for us to talk. Uh, easier for us to raise uh, the kinds of, of career issues or um, uh, competency questions that need to be discussed in terms of, of career and, and professional development. Uh, so you have to kind of start out with some level of curiosity and interest mm -hmm. and you take that as far as you can. If, if there is enough of that, the relationship has, can be built on a solid foundation. Um, there's something that is also a difference today that is a really important thing to consider, to keep in mind, and that is there's, it's a much less hierarchical relationship. Uh, in my definition, I don't know if you remember, it was a while ago, I emphasized <laughs> that it was a collaborative mm -hmm. learning process. It used to be, and many mentors still think, that the way it works is that if I'm the senior person, the mentor, I can just do a data dump. <laughs> you know, I can tell you about how everything I did was successful, and if you do the same things, you know, you'll be successful too. And a lot of senior people think that that's the best way to be a mentor, when in fact, first of all, it is such a different world. <laughs> for a young associate, I mean, if nothing else, the pandemic has, uh, and the isolation that that has brought, uh, certainly has made that very, very clear. And if the way you became a successful partner was by taking your clients to ball games and, and playing golf for hours a day, you know, the chances are that the young lawyers in your office are not gonna be able to do that for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, Many of them have kids and they're working so hard and both husband and wife, uh, you know, or both spouses are working so hard that they don't have time to just go spend, you know, all afternoon on the golf course, even if they can, can do that with masks. So uh, it's important to recognize that as a senior lawyer, there is an awful lot you have to impart, but there's also a lot you have to learn. Mm -hmm. And there's, you, you can learn both from having, trying to get a better understanding of what life is like for the associate you're mentoring, um, what their perspectives are, what their fears and, and concerns are about their future, what their ambitions are. And that helps you both not only, to, well, not only to become a better mentor, but to become a better leader in your firm. 
first of all, to become a better lawyer because you ought to have the skills anyway when you're dealing with clients to try to understand uh, things through some empathic process where you can see where the other person is coming from, what their needs are, what their concerns are. So, you know, the kind of listening skills and empathy and, and um, uh, you know, those, those kinds of interactional skills uh, are really important and you can practice, you can learn those better from uh, when you're working with a mentee because even though you may not be thinking that that's the natural place mm -hmm. to learn it it's a great way and if you're leading the firm if you're leading a team or a practice group you need to know what's going on with the people you're trying to lead mm -hmm. and these are people you hope if you're bringing them into your firm you hope they're be, uh, going to be the future partners and leaders and if they're not your partners, if they go somewhere else or decide it's not for them, they can still be ambassadors for your firm. Mm -hmm. They can still go out and make you proud because you've had some input in their success. And many times you get a lot of not only personal satisfactions, but many mentees uh, rise to positions where they can benefit you. Uh, in terms of your leadership, in terms of your work and your business, uh, your reputation, personally, as well as, as being part of the firm. So, you know, there are mutual benefits here uh, when you take a look at it as a mutual process. One point I want to emphasize also, I'm talking about uh, associates as if they were uh, the people, the mentees and they were all fairly junior. The fact is that's another recognition that we have today that mentoring isn't just for young lawyers. Uh, we, there are formal programs that are considered reverse mentoring, that's what they're called, or upward mentoring. Um, usually that has to do, it used to be either around uh, a technology or, or social media or something like that, where young lawyers would have uh, presumably would have more uh, comfort and knowledge and expertise than the senior lawyer. So the junior one could be the mentor. It is also used a great deal in, uh, in terms of promoting diversity mm -hmm. so that uh, younger lawyers who have experiences because of who they are, not just because they're younger, but because demographically they're a different gender, they're a different race or ethnicity or background in some other way, uh, so that they can help more senior people whose lives may not have been exposed to so many kinds of difference. Uh, they can help those lawyers have a greater awareness of the people in the workplace, the clients they're going to be interacting with, and what the world is like today, hmm. uh, because it is changing so very, very quickly. But the other part of this is that you need mentors, not just when you're a junior, not just in a reverse you know, relationship that I was describing now that has a very specific purpose, but also anytime you move into a position where you have to become acclimated to a new environment and learn new skills, learn something new. So when you become a partner, junior partners really need mentors more than anybody ever realized <laughs> uh, until recently, because they are expected to continue doing everything the way they always did, but now they're partners. So they're often left on their own and mm. not given much support, but they're expected to build a practice. They're expected to supervise other people in a different way. They're suddenly you know, in a totally different role. Uh, when, they, when, when a partner takes on a significant leadership role, becoming a practice group leader, becoming a, a, a large team leader or a department chair or the chair of a major committee or of the firm, those people also benefit from having mentors, people who can, who have had that experience, who have had some sort of leadership experience where they can help them 
uh, learn and, and grow into their role more easily and avoid pitfalls uh, so that although they inevitably would probably get there anyway where they would uh, have that knowledge and, and wisdom, having somebody share it with you in advance uh, makes the process so much smoother. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the work I do right now is with the most senior partners. Uh, these are partners who are retiring or thinking about retiring. And frankly, that's a really hard transition that most people uh, don't pay a lot of attention to until it suddenly, you know, they're in your face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you're wondering what's going to come next or you're told something has to come next and sooner than you expected. There are a lot of reasons. but whenever you you know have a significant life transition and that is one retirement is one you know working uh, looking for a mentor uh who has already retired or who can give you some advice uh is is enormously helpful mm -hmm. so this is a lifelong process it's not just uh something that happens when you're when you're very young mm -hmm. so you know the other thing i mentioned earlier is how everybody was the same uh, early on, or rel you know, same enough that forming a relationship organically was pretty easy. But today, what we value is difference more than sameness. We value the fact that we live in a more diverse world, and that the more input we have, the more understanding we have, hmm. um, the more circumstances we are familiar with the better we can be as lawyers, as, as professionals, as members of a firm, and the, firm, the better the firm can do when it has a, uh, a culture that is open to that and, and supports that. So anyway, why don't I, I could go on. No, it's a lovely further, listening so, to you. <laughs> you know, no, uh, it, it's, uh, it's very illuminating the way you see mentoring today. And particularly because you know I sort of came up through the ranks under sort of the old traditional view of mentoring, and this idea of a relationship developing organically, you know, it we don't have that many opportunities uh, for that these days. And coupled with, I imagine lawyers saying, or senior lawyers or those who could be mentors saying, well, you know, I really just don't have the time for this. This is going to require a major time commitment. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if this is something I'm prepared to take on along with all my other commitments. You know, what, what would you say to someone who is a little bit um, reticent to take on the role of mentor? Well, I think, you know, I, I mentioned a few of the benefits uh, to the mentor for doing this. But uh, part of this is also a professional obligation. Uh, certainly, if you're supervising someone, if there is someone you're working with in your firm, you have an obligation to make sure that they're doing their work competently, that they are uh, minding all the professional and ethical uh, re responsibilities that they have, that they're doing your clients, uh, they're serving your clients well, and uh, that you can be proud of them. Uh, you have to pay some attention in order to have somebody uh, develop that way. Um, if, when it happens, I, th I think this also goes to one of the myths that in order to be a mentor, you have to set aside uh, hours of time to sit down with somebody and go over their plans and things like that when in fact a lot of mentoring happens on the go hmm. it's easiest when you're working with someone and uh, in most corporate mentoring programs they would never assign uh, an employee a mentor who was less fewer than two reporting levels above hmm. uh, the idea is that you want the mentoring relationship to be a confidential one and you want uh, the mentor not to be in the direct line of evaluation right. and decision making about the future of this uh, employee 
uh, so that the confidentiality can take place. Uh, and they don't have to worry about what they say to you and whether that's going to derail them in some way. Um, it also allows the mentor to be more candid and, and honest uh, with the mentee. I've always found that very difficult in most law firms because nobody has time <laughs> and time is billed by the hour. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, what that means is if you're not billing money for the time that you're spending, lawyers tend to see it as, as this activity is not having any value. Yeah, yeah. And so the structure of law firms really discourages mentoring by devaluing it in terms of what is rewarded, especially what's compensated. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a big problem. The fact yeah. is the associates don't have time either. They're working just as hard. <laughs> but uh, it's something that's necessary. And if you're running a firm and you're bringing people in, you do have an obligation to spend some time with them. If you can do it in the course of work, it doesn't feel like mentoring and it doesn't take extra time. And in fact, many things you can bill for because you're working on projects together. You can uh, you know, do things like invite your mentee to sit in on a phone call with a client mm -hmm. or on a settlement conference or uh, on a, during a negotiation. Have them shadow you, have them watch, have them listen, ask them questions, uh, ask them about their work and then, or when they come and they ask you a question, don't simply give them the answer, go back to your professor in law school mode <laughs> and ask them some questions to you know, use a Socratic method, try to get them to think. It's important not only because it allows them to think and, and come up with answers uh, you know, that are satisfying. Um, and they also feel more confident about their own ability uh, because you're paying attention to them. But it also gives you some insight into how that lawyer is thinking. And if they are, if they need to have some correction because they're missing points or be, you know, you can be incredibly impressed because suddenly they give you these brilliant insights and the insights only came out because of questions that you asked them or mm -hmm. challenges that you presented. It doesn't mean you don't give them uh, criticism or you aren't tough on them. But the point is you make sure that you listen and pay attention and uh, do that in a very active way because first of all, what they want is what we all want. They want somebody who cares about their success and who is paying attention to make sure that they're going in the right direction. You know, years ago, I had, I, uh, I met a lawyer and we were having lunch. It was, I was in another city and I didn't know him. And he told me his daughter had finished law school and she was coming to the Bay Area where I live. And was interested in uh, finding a job, but hadn't found one. And I said, well, what is she looking for? You know, maybe I could help. And he looked at me with this puzzled look on his face. And he said, she wants to go somewhere where they care about her. Oh. And, you know, I thought to myself, that's the most cockamamie thing I ever heard. I mean, we all want that. And how is that something you expect as a young lawyer, you're looking for a job. Mm. And then I realized what she was doing was expressing, and this is, we talk about all these generational differences. I think the biggest difference is that some, you know, younger people are willing to say what they want. Yeah. And to be more direct about it. And most of us want the same thing. We do want somebody who cares about us, who sees us as more than a billing unit. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't take much to do that. It doesn't take much. It means showing an interest. Yeah. Uh, it means listening and asking questions that are meaningful and, and pertinent that aren't rote questions that you read off a, a crib sheet or something. 
And um, it, it's not, and it's taking yourself out of the equation. You know, thinking about when you were at the stage of being a mentee, would you ask that kind of question or would you be so direct? Probably not, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that that isn't what that person needs. Um, I find that often we have preconceptions and again, it goes to the importance of listening. We think we know what the person needs or wants, but uh, we haven't really listened. And I, I think that goes for me too, to a, another question about sort of setting the terms for a mentoring relationship. Like, you know, oftentimes we can have mentee and a mentor can have very different expectations. And I wonder how that factors in. Do you, do you see that happening in the more successful mentoring relationships? Uh, I do. Uh, sometimes it is actually laid out. Uh, certainly in a lot of mentoring programs, that's what they want you to do, uh, is to lay out some specific goals uh, for the mentee. And then you can, when you meet, you can spend your subsequent meetings kind of uh, getting progress reports, seeing how the associate is moving toward those goals. Uh, and then you know, giving advice when needed and that kind of thing. So uh, certainly if, if you're in a, a program and the expectation is that there will be some sort of outcome, then it's really, really important uh, to do that. It's always a good idea because if we are at different, if we're at cross purposes, neither of us is gonna be happy. So uh, if, if I go to you and say, and, and, you know, some people, young people may come up to you and say, would you be my mentor, Shelley? Mm -hmm. And for most people, when that kind of request comes in, there's an immediate recoil. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Do you want me to make sure that you're going to be a good lawyer to get you get the right work? And, you know, is this a lifetime assignment? What do you want from me? Mm -hmm. um, instead of recoiling and worrying about those things, you know, the answer might be, what do you have in mind? Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of programs, I encourage programs, uh, people who are running them, uh, to match people up, not just by common interests. That's always a good way to start, especially with, with people you don't know at all. Uh, but also, I would ask them to match people so that if I'm the mentor, my strength is something that can address the need you have. Mm -hmm. So if I need, uh, if, the, if I am one of these people uh, who isn't very social, but I'm a great lawyer, I'm a great writer, I write beautiful documents. Everybody admires me for that, <laughs> but I'm not much of a networker. You know, I'm happy sitting in my office. I'm your classic introvert. <laughs> and you know, if you match me with someone whose goal, who you know, is to uh, expand her network and to get better connected, to know more people in the legal community, to know more people in the bar association, because you know she's got ambitions to be to really become a leader in the field. Um, I may not be the best person mm -hmm. to match with her, however. If there's an associate who is interested in becoming and needs or maybe needs some guidance, and you know that I'm a good writer and I have patience to teach good writing, I am the best person for that associate. Right. So to the extent that my skills match your needs, you know, we can have a better outcome if we're looking at uh, skill building, if we're looking at developmental issues in particular. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a, that's an important thing to keep in mind. But it's always a good idea uh, to have some understanding of what you want to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, how is, if, if we're going to be in a mentoring relationship that, you know, is expected to go on for a year or two years or three years, what will be different about me? about both of us really at the end of that period because of our working together in this. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so having that in mind also just makes it easier. It saves time. You know, if you're worried about time, have an agenda for the meetings. Keep the meetings to time limit. Check in in between so that it's not limited. You know, if, I, if you need me at some point, you should feel comfortable uh, calling me or, or, you know, contacting me in some way. If we're in, this, in an office ever again, uh, <laughs> dropping in. Um, you know, when I hear from associates about what they really like the most about their mentors, they all say something like approachability. Yeah. Uh, The door was open, really. It wasn't just, you know, that it was physically open. Uh, This person really uh, was okay whenever I went in. And if it was a bad time, they would say, come back later. But I knew that I could count on them to listen to me, to answer my question, uh, to be there uh, when I needed some help. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, did it in a non-judgmental way. It was just was open to having either. That I have to say that that comes up more commonly than any other trait. Interesting. Yeah, and I think it's you know someone's showing a genuine interest and they're being authentic, and they're being thoughtful about the relationship. But it's not just okay. Well, let's have lunch every now and again. And um, like you were saying at the beginning of our discussion, yeah. So how's it going? yeah, and this just reminded me of something else, another term I've, I've heard bandied about a lot these days, that of sponsorship. What, what is that, and how is it different from the type of mentoring that uh, you're talking about? Um, a lot of people see sponsorship as a totally different process. Okay. Um, and that's fine. Um, I see it as the highest, most desirable kind of Uh, mentoring and the most beneficial. A sponsor is a champion. Um, Sponsors are much more involved and active in uh, advancing your career. So to give you just the easiest kind of of, uh, example, as a mentor, I would give you advice, right? So you would come in and I'd say, Shelly, I think it's really going to be important for your career to meet some of the people uh, in the other practice group because they're, the, they're really powerful. Hmm. And you need to know more people in the firm. Um, and these people would be a good, good uh, place to start. Okay, so that's giving you advice. Mm-hmm. A champion would say, Shelly, for your career, it's important for you to know these people because they're really powerful. I'm having lunch with one of them hmm. next week. And I want you to join us. And this is what I want you to be able to, do, to address. Hmm. And this is what you should know. Okay? Wow. Uh, so giving advice it can be helpful. It's important. It's valuable. But actually putting you in a position through an introduction, through an appointment, by sponsoring you, uh, to become a partner. If I, if, you, know, so, you can't become a partner in a firm unless somebody powerful or influential gets up and says, you should. Mm -hmm. So who's that person going to be? Um, That's what a sponsor does. Uh, Many, uh, but, but, you know, that presumes some degree of influence. So uh, anybody can be a mentor if they know a little bit more than you do about something. A sponsor has to have some influence, some power, some clout, so that when they go to bat for you, when they sing your praises, people will listen. Right. And right. there is a greater chance of having some positive outcome. Hmm. Now, so, many, many mentors become sponsors, um, and some don't. Uh, some sponsors may not really be mentors. They're not quite, you know, they have their own motives for wanting you to succeed. <laughs> And, um, you know, so they're not necessarily the same, but uh, from what I've seen, most sponsors, they have to know you. I mean, nobody is going to risk their political capital um, or a client relationship by giving you a position, putting you in a position that you, where you might fail. Mm-hmm. 
So they have to know you and trust you well enough uh, to know that, um, you know, to advocate for you in a, in a uh, serious way. Yeah. And, and it sounds like everybody could use a sponsor. You bet. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And you mentioned, you know, sort of uh, the relationship that's evolved over time that may lead to someone becoming, um, someone moving sort of from your mentor to your sponsor and really knowing the type of work that you do and uh, being able to vouch for you. But, you know, how, if that hasn't happened, how could, some, how would someone be able to find that all important sponsor? Well, I mean, some people might have the nerve to go up and ask directly, but, um, you know, that's a pretty gutsy move, mm -hmm. uh, unless it's somebody who really know who you know well. When you know somebody really well, you have the kind, a, a strong relationship. Uh, you can walk up and say, listen, I'm, uh, this is what I want in my career. And in order to do that, I need A, B, and C. We've worked together a long time. Do you feel comfortable uh, doing this for me, making this introduction, getting, you know, advocating for me uh, for this particular role as a chair or, or uh, you know, some appointment or something? Um, and so you have to be much clearer about the, the, the career issues you want mm -hmm. uh, because you need to be very, targeted both in your goal and uh and in finding the right person to advocate for you um you know it's it's the better somebody knows how good you are the easier this is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh it's and and it also by the way it pre it assumes that you've got a track record mm -hmm. Right. I mean, if I walk in and I'm a brand new lawyer, I would love to have a sponsor who made sure all the right things came my way. <laughs> but uh, I have no track record. If I have proven myself over a period of time and people know I have a strong work ethic, I'm smart, I'm doing, you know, I'm ambitious. I, I uh, determined to, to be the best lawyer I can possibly be. People respond well to that when they see it. And so uh, that becomes, you have to set the stage, you have to set yourself up as someone worth sponsoring. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure people see you do it. I was going to say, yeah, because I think just some of the work that I've done, I found that a lot of people are quite reticent to um, sort of highlight their accomplishments. They feel that, oh, the firm should know that I've done this, that, and the other thing. And, um, you know, I see that all the time that people are, are very concerned about saying, you know, look at me, I'm doing this and I, I might be worthy of you sponsoring me or something to that effect. Uh, I think that's something that I'm hoping we're going to see more of in the profession, probably from both sides. I think that, uh, you know, the, the senior lawyers can be more on the lookout for uh, what the junior lawyers are doing and really become a little bit more involved in uh, the day to day. So well, sure. We hope so. Yeah. And it's wonderful when that happens. But, you know, I think most of us, especially when we tend to worry a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have a lot of self-doubts and most professionals do. Um, it's, you know, we assume that people are paying attention to us whether and, and seeing the negative stuff. Right. Uh, we always worry about that. But mm -hmm. everybody is busy and wrapped up with their own concerns. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. so you, I think it's a lot to expect, unless it's, if you, if you work with somebody all the time and it's just the two of you, or there are only three or four of you, everybody knows each other, it's a very tight group, that's a different story. Right. And you can expect that the senior person is looking at you and, and um, out looking out for you too. But you know, in, if you're in a large firm, if you're in a large department or a large office, whatever, uh, and certainly now that we're working remotely, 
Yeah. You can't make the assumption that anybody is paying that kind of attention to you uh, as specifically because there are so many other things in their, in their lives and in their daily uh, responsibilities. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're not going to be the top priority. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, I mean, it's wonderful when it happens and often it does, but I don't think that's a realistic expectation. And that's why it's important to be very clear. Once you have somebody's trust uh, and you want them to be a sponsor or even a mentor for that matter, you know, then you can approach them and, and say, um, this is what I'm trying to do uh, because I want to perform at a higher level, and this is what I'm looking for. Could you help me with this? Uh, that's, you know, then it becomes a very realistic ask. Mm -hmm. But that's mm -hmm. very different from going up to someone you hardly know yeah. and, and, and saying, I need this. Will you do it for me? Right. We know what the answer will be. <laughs> I mean, people may say yes because they want to be nice. Um, you know, and they're... I mean, I'm in the business. I've, I had someone call me from Australia one day, years, ages ago, before we were all on the internet for everything. I think she may have actually called me because she knew I did a lot of work around mentoring for lawyers. And she was a lawyer in Sydney in a terrible predicament and had nobody there. So I responded, wound up mentoring her from across the globe. Um, because I understood, you know, that it was an, it was an important uh, reason there. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, most people aren't going to drop everything and, and, uh, and do that. Interesting. Well, it goes to show you, too, I think a lot of people, too, feel that um, in looking for a mentor or a sponsor, that it should be someone within their organization. But you're saying not necessarily so, not limited to that. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a lawyer. Right, right. A friend of mine um, who went out on her own, she was a lawyer who left a, a firm and went, started a practice. Uh, what she did was call together what we would call today a personal board of advisors. Hmm. These are people who could give her advice about different aspects of practice because she'd never been on her own. And um, one of them, she used to meet with them from time to time and bring them together once a year and you know, take them out to breakfast or lunch and, and um, to thank them and get, help them get to know each other. But one of the people in that group was an insurance salesman she knew. <laughs> and she said, I don't, you know, I can't sell the way an insurance salesman sells. That's not what I need, but I do need to have an understanding of sales and the whole process. And who better than somebody who does this every day. Um, and so, you know, she was able to use, uh, to enjoy his mentorship, even though it was not exactly, you know, she wasn't going to apply it immediately and in exactly the same way. Right, right. Fascinating. Oh, that's wonderful because it really it was sort of widens the, uh, the pool from which to choose uh, or to draw from. I just wonder, you know, you have so many different things going on yourself and have you got any projects on the back burner or things that have been moved to the front burner now that uh, we're all home and uh, no, not traveling around as much? Well, um, just before we went into lockdown, I have a new book that was published in, uh, in March called Retirement by Design, and that is a workbook to help people uh, apply design thinking uh, to uh, planning whatever they want to do next and kind of taking an inventory of where they are now, where they want to go. Uh, so it's for people who are, uh, you know, in their, I don't know, could be any age. I know people in their 30s who are already mm -hmm. uh, starting to do, design their, their retirements. But, um, you know, all, all of the travel and the book uh, promotion that was scheduled for the spring and early summer <laughs> had to be put on the back burner. Right, so, right. Uh, you know, that is definitely something I'm lo looking forward to um, adapting 
to our new environment. It's something I've been working on. Mm -hmm. So how to, how to get that out there. Right. And how would we find the book and how would we learn more about you? Well, my website is idaabbott.com. Um, I-D-A-A-B-B-O-T-T.com. Uh, the book can be bought from almost any online seller. And uh, there are links to some on, the, on my website. There's a page about my retirement uh, coaching and advisory services there. Okay, terrific. So if I create a link to your website in the show notes, that would be a good place for people to start? That would be wonderful. Okay, and then they can find your other um, bestsellers about mentoring and sponsorship. So the just again, the Lawyer's Guide to Mentoring and Sponsoring Women, What Men Need to Know. So two really, really important uh, resources in, uh, in this ever-changing area. So, yeah. Any final words, Ida? Oh, I think... I think I've said plenty and I, I you know, I hope uh, people do enjoy mentoring relationships, mentoring processes. Uh, one of you asked me about uh, elements of successful relationships, mentoring relationships and enjoyment is I think an important one. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is something that can be fun. It doesn't have to be deadly serious every time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, as people get to know each other and they should make an effort at the outset to do that, uh, then it can be a process that they both enjoy. Mm -hmm. well, thank you so much for this, uh, for inviting me to speak with you about this. Oh, well, thank you, Ida. Thanks for joining me today on the XL Legal Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm always looking for topic and guest ideas. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you at xllegal.com. That's E-X-E-L-L-E-G-A-L.com. -E